Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, where we start out. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. NKJV. The Bible says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. NKJV is my translation. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. All right, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us. It says, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, and so on and so forth. So today, I'm going to be, I'll be a bit textual in my approach to the sermon, um, and characteristic, but I'll try to stay within these two verses of scripture. All right. Over the past few weeks, we, decided, we said that baggage, which is the title of our series for the month, is anything that can hinder you, that can slow you down, or that can even stop you, all right, in your walk with God. All right, or in the journey of life. Anything that you have, psychological, emotional, spiritual maybe, physical maybe, mental maybe, anything that you have that has the potential to stop you or to slow you down or to hinder you on the journey of life, that is baggage. All right, baggage is, there are things that weights that we carry with us as a result of things that happen to us when we're growing up things that we've experienced or things that we have not experienced, all right? Some things that we consider to be good things can actually be baggage, all right? So baggage can slow you down, it can hinder you, and so on and so forth. But let me, let me start from the text, like I want to stay on this text. The Bible says there that therefore, therefore we also. Another translation says that therefore since. The reason why therefore starts a chapter is because you have to pay attention to what was in the preceding chapters, all right? And so the chapter before this is Hebrews chapter 11. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that is a very popular scripture that speaks about the faith hall of fame, all right? The Bible talks about all our patriarchs of the faith, all right? Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 2, the Bible starts to talk about the elders. It says that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Then he talks about Enoch. He talks about Moses. He talks about Abraham. All right, he talks about Esau, talks about Noah, talks about Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, talks about Joseph, talks about Samuel, Barak, talks about even Rahab, the prostitute. All right, talks about um, Jephthah and all these people. And the Bible says that by faith, all these people, they obtained a good report. One of the reasons, you, things you must understand is that you must be able to find yourself in one of those characters. But as a matter of fact, the Bible does say that that list is not exhaustive. All right, so whether you relate with Abraham, who was the father of faith, or you relate with Rahab, the harlot, I think that's the whole spectrum. You will find yourself in the middle somewhere. No, but don't laugh, I'm serious though. We all come to Jesus with a story. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, so, so don't laugh, I'm, I'm actually quite serious. Um, you'll find yourself there. So what the scripture is saying in Hebrews chapter 12 is that even though all those elders, all right, they are now a cloud of witnesses. All right, they are, they are watching over us, as it were, and they are cheering you on. And I want to say this to you, and I want to be very specific about this, that they're, they're cheering you on on the journey of faith. So they're not cheering you on, so to speak, on just some ambitious, lofty goals that you set for yourself. They're cheering you on on the journey of faith, that they are looking from above and saying, you can make it. That the days when you stumble and you're almost swallowed up by condemnation, that they're saying, I hope you will get up. I hope you wouldn't stay down, all right? And there's something about people cheering you on that encourages you along. 
I hope you know that. You've seen people like when they're running a race and they're very tired, they're about to give up, and all of a sudden the crowd starts to cheer for them. It's like there's this new burst of energy, right? This adrenaline that pumps through them and they're able to go a lot further. And really, the consciousness that Noah <laughs> is cheering me on, that the days when I want to give up, the days when I want to say, you know what, it's too difficult to follow Jesus, or the demands of my faith are extreme, that you can think about the people who have come before you. And all these guys were not perfect, by the way. Most of them, if not all of them, had issues. In fact, I think most of them had issues. Right? They, they, they had problems. Um, <laughs> Noah, who was the perfect man in all the earth, after they came out from the floor, this guy got drunk. Do you understand that? He, he, he was drunk. Um, so there, 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 there is a cloud of witnesses that surround you and are cheering you on. <laughs> They're cheering you on. And so whilst baggage can impact your life here on earth, baggage can also impact your spiritual walk, your journey of faith. I don't want to focus on your life here on earth um, because it's almost obvious how baggage can impact your life here on earth, right? For example, if you carry baggage with you into your relationships, you will struggle in relationships. If you carry baggage with you into the workplace, you will struggle in the workplace. Um, I've seen people... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've seen people that have maybe racial experiences in the past, all right? And then they come into workplace and they bring that mentality with them. They automatically see racism in everything. I'm not saying that there is no racism in the workplace, but I'm saying that everything is not racism. Do you understand that? So people, <laughs> I, have, I was having a conversation with someone the other day who's um, a friend um, and also in ministry and we're talking about work and he was you know, talking about my job and all that stuff. And one of the questions he kept asking me was like, so how do you deal with racism in the workplace? And I'm going, I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, by the way, I'm, like I said, if you've been discriminated against in the workplace, don't write me an email. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. It exists. But I'm just saying I haven't seen it. But it's like sometimes you're fixated on the things, the baggage you carry almost color your view of your life. Do you understand that? Yeah. So baggage can affect your life physically. Um, your earthly goals, your pursuits, if you carry a baggage of self-esteem issues, you will not attempt a lot of great things in life. You will be a shadow of what God has made you to be. So let's keep that aside. I want to focus on your spiritual walk. All right, how baggage impacts your walk with God or your faith life, all right, or your journey with Jesus. Hmm. When the Bible says this, that therefore we also, we can put that, that text back up, please, because we're going to be there for a while today. It says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I already defined what the cloud of witnesses, who makes up that cloud of witnesses, right? It says, let us lay aside. Now, this is very important. Let us lay aside is an active statement. It means that baggage must be dealt with. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I've just said? You cannot wish baggage away. You cannot suppress it. You cannot pretend that it doesn't exist. You cannot hope that it goes away. You, there must be a laying aside of baggage. And I spent time to define baggage and talk about all the different forms of baggage that I could speak about, not exhaustive. So you might want to go back to week one and two and all that. But if you do not do something, baggage will remain. It will remain. As a matter of fact, many times when baggage has not been dealt with, you're going to find an expression in your life that you cannot trace the origin. And sometimes one of the ways you identify the baggage in your life is to figure out why do I react the way I react? Why do I act the way I act? What's responsible for this behavior or this pattern in my life? Because baggage must be dealt with, okay? There must be a lane aside. Baggage will make you slower. Baggage will make you tired. Baggage will make you ineffective. It would engage you in a useless way. It will take your energy that should be channeled towards other things and it will suck the energy out of you. It will, it will if, if not dealt with, it would actually transform from a psychological issue to a spiritual issue. That's what the Bible calls strongholds, by the way. Let me give you an example. Any form of baggage? I don't know. Find one for me, please. Which one do you have? I'm playing. I'm playing. 
I'm just playing. I know you don't have any baggage. You, are, you, are, you were born, made by Jesus. Um, okay, let, let's find one, please. Find a baggage for me. What? Fear. Ah, thank you, fear. All right, so let's assume that fear is a baggage that someone carries. Um, it has an origin, okay? Some people, fear can have its source in the fact that when you were, you know, younger, you had an accident. You understand that? Some people, maybe they fell down from a swing and they now suddenly have a fear of heights. You know, whatever. Fear sometimes has a source. Now, that fear initially becomes, it's a psychological thing. Now, if you keep that fear with you long enough, it will become spiritual. Do you understand that? Meaning that spirits will come and help that fear to become a stronghold in your mind. So it's no longer a matter of a mind thing. It's now a spiritual problem. And that's one of the reasons why it's dangerous to leave baggage unattended to. It's because it will transform. If your baggage is basic, like, oh, low self-esteem, you will think it's harmless, right? Like, yeah, gee, we're all self-conscious about something. Okay, that would transform. If you leave it long enough, it's going to get to the point where it's no longer a matter of low self-esteem. It's now a stronghold. And that's what the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. It says that you must tear down strongholds. There are walls, spiritual walls that have been built up around your life, around the baggage that you carry. I've seen people, oh Lord, help me. Please don't come for me. I've heard women say things like, no man can ever tell me what to do. Hmm. It's true. No man should tell you what to do. But you have to realize where that started from. So when you talk to the person long enough, you realize, okay, maybe when they're younger, their dad was, you know, used money to manipulate the family. The dad did certain things, and so they swore <laughs> to God that never in my life would a man control me. You see, now that posture is baggage because you're going to bring it with you to your marriage. But by the time you get into marriage, it has become a demonic issue. Oh, yeah, it, is, it has become a spiritual issue. All right, you can't just, you, you can't, you see, there's a point where you can demarcate and say, this is baggage. The point when you've owned it, when, even when you try, you can't help yourself, it has become a spiritual problem. So baggage must, you must lay it aside. You can't pretend that it's not there. You can, it can be quiet for years. One day it's going to pop up. And you're going to wonder, you know, sometimes you see people and you're like, what? What really happened was that there was baggage that was kept. But baggage doesn't, exp it doesn't disappear, right? They tell you that matter does not, <laughs> it transforms from one energy form to another one. It will manifest somehow. It will find expression in your life. So baggage makes you slower makes you tired. It makes you tired in your walk with God. Sometimes you feel tired. Sometimes you're not encouraged to continue. Sometimes you're overwhelmed. All right? It engages you in a useless way. When you have to travel and you have bags with you, there's, normal people have a certain allocation of bags that you should carry, hand luggage, right? Now, if you're rolling like two or three bags, it's going to engage you in a useless way. Your journey will be slower. You'll be slowing everyone down on the walkway. You know what I mean? You will struggle. You don't have a free hand to hold coffee mm -hmm. because you're fully engaged. So there are many things in our lives right now that are engaging us in ways that we should not be engaged. It's sucking the energy out of you, the energy that you should. You have a finite amount of energy. Let me just tell you that. You have a finite amount of spiritual energy and physical energy. And the energy that you should channel in your life, you are engaging it without knowing on baggage. Some people only see negative things. Do you know that that's, that's a problem? When you cannot see anything positive, it means that your lens is colored. It's colored. So, writer here says that we must lay aside and I'll come to how we lay aside in a bit. We must lay aside the baggage that we carry. But he says that there are two things. He says that there is a weight and there is a sin. I did say that the baggage is not necessarily a sin. Remember that? It's not necessarily a sin. Okay? It's a weight. It's a weight that you carry. But let me say this to you, that there is a relationship between sin and weight. Sometimes... Baggage is a consequence of sin. Do you understand that? Should I say that again? What I'm trying to say is this, that 
Sin will slow you down on your journey. So we know the things that are sinful. Do not steal, do not kill, do not commit immorality, all these things that do not please God. But low self-esteem is not a sin. Do you understand that? Anger issues is not a sin, so to speak. Do you understand that? If you're angry inside, it's not a sin. You don't express it. You're just inside. You're just bubbling all the time. <laughs> it's not a sin. Um, fear. It's not a sin. But baggage can be the consequence of sin. Do you understand that? So I'll give you an example. Adam. Adam. When Adam sinned, Adam and Eve, the Bible says that all of a sudden they realized that they were naked. And certain amounts of baggage came into their life. Number one was shame. Number two was fear. Do you understand that? That was a consequence of sin. Did you follow? It's a consequence of sin. So you can live your life a certain way that your life breeds baggage. Your life is a harvest of baggage. So one of the reasons why, I think a lot of times as Christians, we think that God is mean. God doesn't want us to have any fun. One of the reasons why God says we shouldn't do certain things is because, primarily because of its effect on you, not because of how it makes him feel. A lot of times we think that, yes, of course, God cannot stand sin, but it's primarily because of his love and the impact that what we do would have on us. So even if God, let's assume that God, was, God didn't care about sin. Let's assume he does. Please, he does. Online, he does. But let's assume he doesn't. If you live the life of sin, your life will still not be okay. It's not about God, primarily. It's about the effect and the impact of sin on your life. So, the, let's even go to the most basic forms of sin. Brandy, in Exodus, first, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Anyways, <laughs> the Ten Commandments, you shall not steal, blah, 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 blah. Now, let's assume God was okay with all those things. But you steal... You kill, you bear false witness, all those things. You know your life will still not be okay because you would have relational problems. Do you understand that? So a lot of times we kind of think that sin is exclusively because, yeah, God doesn't like sin. But really, the reason why God really hates sin is because of what he does to you, his prized possession. So baggage, a lot of times, is a consequence of sin. As a matter of fact, I make bold to say this, that, and write this down, all baggage is a consequence of sin. Whether your sin or the original sin. The only reason why people hurt each other, the only reason why fathers abuse daughters, the, o uh, <clears throat> the only reason why we have a low self sense of self-worth is because of the sin nature. So all baggage is the consequence of sin, whether a sin or your sin. Do you understand that? The reason why people hurt other people is because of baggage, uh, because of sin. And so Adam introduced this protocol of baggage into the world. And so men and women, we hurt each other. People hurt siblings. Parents hurt children. Children hurt parents. All right? Um, our, our view of ourselves is not the way God sees us. From the, immediately Adam sent, he started to hide from God. That's baggage in itself, that you cannot come to God with boldness, that you cannot be bold to raise holy hands and know that you are accepted. It's a consequence of sin. And the only person, <laughs> that when we think about baggage, you think about Jesus and say, did Jesus have any baggage? Think about it. Did Jesus have any baggage? Let's put them on camera, please. Let's, <laughs> let's see their answer. Did Je do you think Jesus had any baggage? Be honest, be honest. Why are you, why are you murmuring? We are his baggage. She said, we are his baggage. That's a very theological answer. Um, <laughs> we are his baggage. We are. That's true. Lots of it. But when Jesus lived upon the earth, in the 33 years he lived, think about it. Let's, let's, be, let's, be, let's, let's talk about this. Do you think Jesus had baggage? Yeah? You think he did? You, okay, let me help this matter. You realize that Jesus was a man like you and I? You realize that Jesus was hungry? It was a time that they were even so hungry that they started taking people's, plucking the, um, the fa thank you. He was hungry and angry that there was no food. 
and he cursed the tree. Do you realize that? Do you realize that Jesus was tired? Every time that he was tired and he sat down and had that entire conversation you talked about today with the woman, Samaritan woman. Do you realize that Jesus was angry at some point? Go to the temple and whipped, whipped people. Imagine the pastor just has to whip people in church. Say, why are you praising like this? Lift up your hands and worship God. Do you realize that he was sorrowful? He was emotional. The Bible says he got to a point where he was, he cried. At the tomb of Lazarus, he cried. But even when he was to go to the cross, the Bible says he was sorrowful. Exceeding sorrowful. I'm not saying all those are baggage, by the way. I'm just telling you that he was a man. So my question again is, did Jesus have baggage? Toby says no, you say yes. <laughs> okay, the right, the right answer is that he had the potential to have baggage because he was a man. Uh, if you went through the things that Jesus went through, you will have baggage. Big, massive baggage. Do you understand that? Yeah. And I'm not talking about crucifixion. Forget about the cross. Now, just his life. You have to think about how odd it is to say you have no father, but you have a mother. You know, kids would always be kids. They say, go and call your father. Your father is in heaven, right? Our father is watching us play soccer. You go and call him. Do you understand that? Do you know what it means to always be the odd one out? Jesus never fits in anywhere. Anywhere, not from any point. Never fit in. Everywhere he went, he stood out. Either for his intelligence, or for the spirit of God upon his life, or for his story of his birth. By the way, do you know that Jesus' dad died young? You didn't think about that, did you? Because when he was on the cross, he handed his mom over to a disciple. So the guy could have had baggage. Anytime you interact with human beings, there's potential for baggage. If you live on this planet, there's potential for baggage. He had an identity crisis. He could have had an identity crisis. His own brothers, do you know that the brothers of Jesus did not believe in him? Do you know that? It was after he resurrected that James, the, the writer of the book of James, the epistle James, actually believed in him after he resurrected. They actually mocked him. They said, if you are the Messiah, go, let everybody see you. So he had baggage. Your own family doesn't believe in you, like David. He was rejected. He was belittled. The people that should have believed in him did not believe in him. He had also, he could have had, rather, I would say, cultural baggage. Because at the time, the Gentiles and the Jews did not interact. So that mentality, it was such a strong thing that when Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman, she was shocked. It was such a strong thing. A Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. Mm, Lord help me. I think this is Matthew 15 or Luke 15. And she's begging Jesus, help, help me. My daughter is grievously possessed with the devil. Jesus does not answer the woman a word. That's a cultural issue. Because that's never meant to happen. And his disciples who are all Jews say, send her away now. This is an abomination. He breaks that cultural baggage to minister to that woman. So he could have had all the trappings of baggage as well. No one is exempt from baggage. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So anyone who sits here and says, well, I had a perfect upbringing. My mentality is perfect. I'm talking about how baggage affects your walk with God. Your walk with God. The days that God... <laughs> The things, the postures that you have in your heart that God is trying to transform within you that you have held on to so tight that you believe it's your identity. Everyone can have it. I heard a story about a pastor who, um, strangely, one of the ways that God, you know, confirms things to me um, just my own personal way, is that someone else would start to do or say something similar to what God has been saying to me in a very, very identical way. So this pastor started running a series on baggage also, I think around the same time. I don't know if they're still in that series. So I, I stumbled on it and I, I listened to one of the sermons. And he was telling his own story. He's a pastor of a mega church. When I say mega church, I mean a church that has like 4,000 people. So that's not a small church. And he said that when he was growing up, this guy's in his forces. He says he never has, he doesn't have any memory ever of his dad ever carrying him 
Okay? This is a grown man, right? And some of you are like, yeah, what's the big deal about that? <laughs> he said he has no memory of his dad ever saying, I love you. Some of you, you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> that's my story too. No problem. All of you will start therapy at the same time. <laughs> he has no memory. He said that he grew up in a place where his dad, you know, a polygamous home. His dad had more than one wife and multiple children, and his dad treated him like an outcast. The, wife, the children of the other wives went to school abroad. The children of his own mom went to school locally. You know, all that stuff. He said his own mom, you know, was an expert at using bad words. And that the day that she found out that he was a pastor, because he'd been hiding it, that she started to say things like, I curse the day you were born. Yes, truly, literally, his mom said that. Curse the day you were born, I should have aborted you as a baby. You're going to be useless. You're going to be waiting for tithes and offering to eat. And then this, this person starts pastoring a church. <laughs> and so when people come to him as members and embrace him as their pastor, he holds them very tight. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? So when someone says, I'm leaving the church, ah, you've just brought, you've opened all the scars of his childhood. He was traumatized by his calling because of his baggage. He said he had to deal with that. He did not know how to receive love or how to let go because he never, ever had people that accepted him. So baggage can destroy your walk with God terribly. And nobody is immune from baggage. Everyone can have baggage of some sort. So the Bible says that let us lay aside. It's deliberate. You must lay aside. Weight and sin. Talked about that. That so easily ensnares us. Then it says, let us run with endurance. Now, I'll come to this running part and endurance part in a second. The race that is set before us. In verse number two, he starts out by saying, looking unto Jesus. Can somebody say looking unto Jesus? We get practical now. So looking unto Jesus. And that's twofold. That's twofold. One fold is looking unto Jesus as our perfect example. Do you understand that? Because he ran his race. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he obtained because he sat at the right hand of it. That was his objective. That was his destiny. So he obtained his destiny, all right? So looking unto Jesus as an example, one. Number two, looking unto Jesus as our help. Do you understand that? One as an example. Number two, as the help in the race. Because the Bible says he is the author and finisher. So if he's the author and the finisher of this walk of faith... He's the one that can give you the most help. He's the one that can give you the most support. He's the one that you can go to and confess and say, I have baggage. And he can tell you how that baggage can be dealt with for you to still walk with him in the right way. So he says, looking unto Jesus, who modeled a perfect walk for us, who did not allow baggage to hinder him in his purpose. As the author and the finisher of our faith. So you focus on Jesus, would help you with your baggage, but you also focus on his example, right? How Jesus lived his life. I wonder how Jesus was not traumatized, because really, I think he should have been a very traumatized person. How everybody flocks to you today, and the next day they say, crucify you. How you bend over backwards to feed people, and then you're betrayed. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So let me pause here for a moment and say something to you that the reason why Jesus was able to go to Calvary, why? Why? Was because he was looking at the joy that was set before him. 
That's the why. That's not the how. Do you understand that? The why and the how are different. Why is always more important than how. Why is purpose. How is strategy. So why we exist at the church, we exist to help you connect to God. Right? That's the why. But that's not the how. The how is all the different expressions and programs and all the expressions that we have to achieve the why. So the reason why Jesus was able to go to the cross, because that was not guaranteed, by the way, he could have aborted this journey, was because he had his eyes on something called the joy that was set before him. And so for the sake of the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And so this is where I really get the topic of today's conversation from, is that for the sake of your destiny, deal with your baggage. Do you understand that? If for no other reason, for the sake of the objective, for what God has made you to be, for you to become everything that God has created you to be, for that reason, that's not the how. We'll talk about the how in a second. But the reason why you should be invested in dealing with the baggage you carry is because it will not allow you become everything that God has made you to be. It just will not. It just will not. The reason why is for the joy that was set before him. And if, I, if anything you take today, it's a challenge that for the sake of my destiny, I must deal with my baggage. Can I, can I be real with you? Don't be, upset, don't be upset with me. Many of us idolize our baggage. Yeah, we use it as a crutch. Your perpetual bad behavior, perpetual bad behavior is because of baggage. And you explain it away. You know it, but you're, you, are, you, are, you are defensive about it. When you're confronted with it, you, you throw tantrums. When it's the truth, we can't idolize baggage for the sake of your destiny. Even if you cannot be honest with somebody else, be honest with yourself. And say, look at yourself in the mirror and say, there's a problem here. I'm not saying you are a problem. But I have one in this area. Call it out. We idolize baggage. Make it our identity. Make it a crutch. Some of us even know how to manipulate it. The moment things start to go wrong in your life, you quickly twist, the, you know, turn the baggage and you use it as... Um, you, you, you start to get defensive about it, but you can't defend something that's eating you, eating you from the inside out. You can't. You have to confront it. Because, by the way, if you never accept it, you can't deal with it. You can't deal with it. So when you, come, when, when you, when you start to see patterns in your life, and you start to ask yourself the hard questions, why am I like this in this area? And you can trace the roots, then you deal with it. You deal with it. Don't use it as an excuse for everything. You know, I realize from Scripture that God is a merciful God and God is a loving Father. But I don't see in Scripture a lot of tolerance from God for excuses. Do you understand that? Read your Bible. I don't see a lot of tolerance for excuses. God, Jesus goes to a guy who's by the pool of Bethesda, and I think someone spoke about this last week. I says, do you want to be made whole? This guy starts telling stories. He says, well, you know, when the angel comes, I don't have anybody, I'm lonely, I don't have friends, I've been here. Jesus Christ said, do you want <laughs> to be made whole? The baggage had clouded. He couldn't even see that the moment of visitation had come. Started telling stories. I've been here, look, if Jesus, even last week, I almost made it to the water. Jesus Christ said, do you want to be made whole? Mephibosheth, the bishop talked about Mephibosheth last week, two weeks ago. Mephibosheth was called to the king's palace. Then he starts to say, you know, I'm a dead dog. You know, like, <laughs> David is like, look, for, let's not even listen to what this guy is saying. The covenant I have with your grandfather or your father, rather, is, is binding on me. Some of you, you come to the presence of God. The baggage has so clouded you that you can't even receive from God. You can't even be open to what God wants to do in your life. There's some people that you truly, you truly believe that it is your lot in life to have bad luck. 
you are actually surprised when good things happen to you. You understand that? The Lord was speaking to me as I was um, preparing for this during the week that there's someone here that, um, or online, you resent God. You, you, you mm, listen, I'm not saying you're not born again. You're born again, you're spirit-filled. You know that Jesus is the only way. But there are things that have happened in your life that make you resent God. In your heart, you know that you have resentment towards God. Like, God, if you are really, really, really good, why did this thing have to happen to me? That's baggage. It would, it would, it would, it would be a problem for you. How we relate with God. Someone told me once, and this person is here, but shall remain nameless, told me that, pastor, especially serves on team. <laughs> Let me just look at the camera so that you will not see who I'm, who I'm talking about. Told me to my face that, pastor, I don't believe in divine healing. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know why? Faith accidents. Faith accidents. The prodigal son, his brother, this guy had baggage. Started telling stories. I've been in the house with you the whole time. He had resentment towards his brother that came back home. Can you imagine how, when you read, some, you know, and, and by the way, this applies to all of us because we do it. Your brother has been gone for years, lost. He comes back home. They're celebrating his arrival. You would think that every sound-minded person would be excited. Sometimes our baggage clouds our judgments. It makes us look really bad. It makes us look, that's just bad form. You're really worried about the fact that your dad decided to celebrate your brother's return and he never, celeb- never threw a party for you because you're in the house. So you're so self-centered that you're oblivious to everything else that's going on around you. And we do it in church. Someone shares a testimony. I want to give God thanks. I got six-figure salary. You're so clouded by your own lack of job that in your heart, the first thing you're saying is, God, when is my turn? That is not the first thing you say in response to someone else's testimony. It is to acknowledge what is happening. But we're carrying weight upon us that make us look bad. Some of you have become experts at, of course, thank God you don't see everything in your heart. Because if everything in your heart was revealed, oh my, oh my, (laughs) we're going to have a problem. But that's what it is. This guy's brother was back. They thought the guy was dead. And the first thing he can say is, what about me? Seriously? It would affect you in a marriage. Yes. I'm, I'm telling you this. You will carry... Look. Hmm. If you have a baggage of competition in marriage, always God will help you. Because the moment your spouse has a breakthrough, you will be... So now, my wife will now make more money than me. God. Am I not the head? Then all of a sudden, you become more prayerful. In the flesh. In the flesh. You can't celebrate other people's victories. Because you are laden. You are heavy laden with just baggage. Lord said I should tell us something. He said, and please, I'm sympathetic to anything you've been through in life. Don't, let, don't get me wrong. I've been through some stuff too. I was deliberating whether to end the series today or do it next week because I wanted to do another Q&A Sunday next week, but I think we'll continue next week. Um, but God said I should tell you guys that you should stop focusing on your disadvantage, on your damage, and on your baggage. He says, but rather focus on the advantage you have, which is Jesus. Do you understand me? (laughs) There is nothing in life that you go through or you've gone through as a disadvantage that the moment Jesus enters your life, 
that outweighs every other disadvantage you've ever had. But we are so comfortable hugging the baggage as a crutch that we forget to focus on what we actually have, that Jesus is in my corner, like seriously, that outweighs everything else. That outweighs everything else. So Paul starts to say to us that forgetting those things which are behind, one of the things that you must forget are the things that brought baggage to you. He said, one thing I do, or I press on, remember Jesus also, for the joy that was set before him. He says, I press on towards the mark of the high calling. This is about your walk with God, your walk of faith. The areas of compromise in your life usually are a function of baggage. The things that God can do and can't do with you are a function of baggage. God wants to use you. Some of you, I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me as well. There were a lot of words concerning this service today, so I don't really know where to go. But the Holy Spirit was saying to me about someone here that the big, one of the things that you have that is a leverage for you in ministry, you've decided that you will... Hmm, how, do I, how do I do this? Okay. Okay. Because of the shame associated with those things, that's your biggest advantage in ministry. But you've, caught, you've allowed the shame of the baggage of shame to hinder you from what God wants you to do in the life of other people. Does that make sense? You are not able to be transparent enough about your journey, even though that is the weapon that God has put in your hands. So your, your work with God will not find maximum expression. Paul says, this is one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. I press on towards the mark of the calling, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Your baggage in itself is not sufficient to hold you down. It's what you do with it. Do you understand that? It is what you do with it. And so what the Bible says that Jesus Christ did with two things, two things that could have been baggage in his life is that, number one, he endured the cross. Number two, he despised the shame. Listen, in the life of Jesus on this journey, now this is where we get to Golgotha, the journey of the cross. <laughs> He's dealing with two forms of baggage. One is the cross, a very physical, heavy, wooden structure that he has to carry with him. That one must be endured. So there are certain things that are baggage in your life that God will use. Do you hear what I've said? There are the ones that you must drop. That was the shame. Because if Jesus focused on the shame, because he was naked, and he says, look, God is looking at me naked, he would abort the mission. Do you understand that? So the things that you have in your life as baggage, there are the ones that, I'll call them hand luggage. You need to, you need to carry them with you. That's where, that's where the endurance comes in, like the cross. Jesus' cross had to get to, he, he could not say, I'm tired, drop the cross, no. So what he did was he transferred the weight to somebody else, like we would transfer our weight to Jesus. But that guy had to carry that cross with him because God needed to use the cross. Some of the things that are baggage in your life, God can use them and God will use them. But there are some that have no use. All they're doing, they're good for nothing. They're holding you back. So in Jesus' life, the cross was useful. The shame was useless. Jesus like, I don't care about the shame. This is not the time to be, to be cute. Like he was naked, beaten, bruised, spat upon. If he was worried about the shame, he would have just said no. I'm not interested anymore. So you need to know what you need to drop and the ones that God will use in your life. He endured the cross and he despised the shame for the sake of destiny, for the sake of what God has made you to be, for the sake of where God wants you to get to. Would you drop certain things? What do you do about baggage? What do you do about baggage? The first thing you must do is that you must identify, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you must identify and acknowledge that this is baggage in your life. Ignoring it does not work. Hoping it goes away does not work. You must 
be specific. Do you understand that? About the things that you have in your life that are baggage. Why am I like this in this area? Treat it like an enemy. Don't get defensive about it. When you're defensive about it, you're protecting it. Treat like an enemy. Identify and acknowledge that this is baggage. I told you guys about that a few weeks ago, about how I had a baggage of guilt. I was able to identify. I said, this thing is baggage. This thing is baggage. It will hinder me. It will hinder me. By the help of the Holy Spirit, identify it. And some of us, and this is where it gets difficult because some of us have done a very good job of repressing some of these things. And you put it in a place that you say, I don't ever want to revisit that place. Yeah, I'm not saying you should revisit that place, but you need to be able to take it from where it's repressed and hand it over to Jesus. Okay? Repression doesn't work. It will manifest. One day, it will manifest. Number two. Be diligent enough to understand the manifestation of this baggage and the effects in your life. Do you understand that? Hmm. If we stay on the example that we had earlier of fear. So if you've identified that fear is baggage in your life, you must be diligent enough to find out what are its manifestations in my life. So how has fear hindered me in any way? Or in what areas of my life is this thing called fear a problem? All right? So it might be, you know, in, it might be manifesting as a lack of faith in your life. Okay? When God tells you something, you have more fear than faith. All right? It can manifest as, you know, you become overly secure. You try to, you take, you take no risk at all. You take no risk. It might be manifesting as panic attacks and anxiety. Identify its manifestations in your life. And then number three, you would attack it deliberately. Number one and number two is diagnosis. Doctors, right? You can't treat what you don't know. That's called blind treatment. And that can be a problem. You have to diagnose the issue first. And then you will attack it deliberately and specifically with prayers. Now, I'm not saying we've been praying that every baggage in my life go away. Yes, fantastic. But that's general. When you've done this assignment, you will know specifically this thing called fear, you would have no dominion over me. That is specific enough. Does, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. This wrong mindset... You must attack it specifically, deliberately, and with prayer. And what you do when you want to attack it is that you have to do the due diligence to find out what the scripture says about you concerning that situation. I'm telling you exactly what you can do. Don't, don't be haphazard and just start to declare, I declare this yoke is broken. No, 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 no. That's not how this thing works. A lot of us don't know how to work scripture. The Bible talks about being skilled in the word of God. You must find for yourself what the Bible says. So the Bible says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. If we take that example, all right? Right? Is that what your Bible says? All right. Spirit of bondage again to fear. The power of love and of a sound mind. So you take that scripture. You take like two or three that are specific to your issue. If you have self-image issues, you take something that talks about you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Whatever the issue is, and you start to use those scriptures to attack the baggage. For how long? For as long as you need to until it's no longer an issue in your life. Does that make sense? For as long as you need to. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that the word of God, this is the word of God. You must use the word. The Bible says it is living and powerful, the word of God. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. All right? Dividing, Scripture says, even even the spirit and the soul. Now, who knows where the spirit and the soul meet? Do you know where the spirit and the soul meet? You do? You do? 
I don't know where the spirit and soul meet. They are, they, are, they are intertwined. But the Bible is saying that the word of God is such a sharp instrument that it can even divide the spirit and the soul. It's like a fillet knife. And not only that, even the bones and the marrow. So no matter how much baggage, no matter how long you've held on to this thing, no matter how much it has, you know, sucked into your being, if you start to apply the word of God, it will separate you from it. It is capable of doing that. Just find the right word and start to speak those words over yourself. The confession of your mouth and in prayer. And if it has become a spiritual stronghold, start to break down the stronghold with the same word of God. Because the Bible says the word of God is like a hammer. So don't be casual about these things. Take them seriously. Attack them. If for no other reason, like I said, it's for the sake of destiny. For the sake of destiny. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's the starting point, though. You can, that song says, look and live. Look and live. I want to invite someone today to look and live. You know, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you would only be using your willpower to attack baggage. And good luck with that. I, yeah, good luck with that. Jesus is the only one that volunteers to take your baggage. Like she said, we are his baggage. He volunteers to take your, your baggage, like Simon of Cyrene. So if you want to accept his offer and says, God, this thing is weighing me down. This thing is too much. This thing can hinder me. It can slow me down. It can wear me out. Then you have to respond to him. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.